While you're in sunny Florida, be sure to visit Orlando! Enter into a world of epic adventure. All right, welcome to Warlando. This is Adam, your host, and I'm with me. Our co-host is Nicholas. And we have a very special guest tonight to talk skating with us, Mr. Trevor Mancuso. Hello, it's good to be here. Hey, thank you very much for being here. So uh, we're here to talk Skaven tonight. Skaven are one of those uh, factions that's distinctly and uniquely Age of Sigmar. And how long have you been a Skaven fan, Trevor? Uh, probably. So they were my first faction back in uh, Warhammer Fantasy. I started about end of 7th, early 8th, and kind of continued to play until the game, you know, fell and died. Yep. <laughs> uh, eventually turned into Age of Sigmar um, with a little bit of rocky beginnings there, but. Yeah. Oh, your first love of the game. <laughs> In the game. For for a while, I did have a moment where after everything kind of died, I, I regrettably sold most of it off because I was not a fan of what they did to the faction kind of in between, you know, the book we have mm. now and the end of fantasy there. But they've, mm. they've redeemed themselves, we'll say that. <laughs> how, how did they redeem themselves? Uh, well, see, my biggest, um, I think, kind of... They graduated college. With, they yes, got a right. job. <laughs> they started supporting themselves. <laughs> no, I'm just I think my biggest issue originally after Old Fantasy was they ripped apart Skaven into little pieces, right? You had yep. the Pestilence book and you had some Scryer stuff, but you couldn't run the whole crazy mob together, which was always the fun part. And so with this... the the new book came out, put them all back together again. And they feel much more whole than they were before. Yeah. Now they're the Skaven tide. And yes. You, and it's got that where if you want to focus, like most of the books, you want to focus on one faction, you can focus on one faction or you can bring, just bring everything, bring whatever you want. Right. I feel like it's one of the best books they've written as far as number of options you have. There's a few outliers here and there as far as internal balance goes, but for the most part, you've got lots of different options and lots of different build paths and, and themes. You know, if you want to do all Scryer, you can do that. If you want to just have massive amounts of clan rats and storm vermin, you can do that as well. That's awesome. What what was it that originally attracted you to the Skaven? Probably the absurdity of most of their models. <laughs> uh, Doom Wheel in specific, that's always been one of my favorite models. I mean, who doesn't like a giant hamster wheel with lightning shooting out of it? And, that's so uh, great. That in the Screaming Bell slash Furnace, I've always loved those models. They've been fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're so unique. They have so many great big, uh, just eye-catching table pieces. And, and they're, they're intimidating. Right. Yeah, uh -huh. and I feel like it's it's different. It's very different. It's not oh here's a, a dwarf with a cannon that's been done in every fantasy realm ever, right. and this is it's not just an elf on a, a horse or something. It's they've always been very very different than anything else out there. Well, uh, uh, seventh edition is when we started too. Yeah, uh, oh, nice. and 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 then and then we went right into eighth pretty shortly after that. And Skaven right. was my first really my first army because yeah. we split the uh, Nicholas and I split the Island of Blood box. Hmm. Yeah, that, that helped get in really quickly because those um, Skaven slaves slash clan rats were much cheaper than having to buy them all individually. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and yeah, the absurdity of them. 
just just knowing that you could like you have this really devastating weapon but if you roll the wrong number it's going to explode <laughs> and cause you so much harm I mean, most of their units just exploded anyways. Even their little Skaven slaves, when they died, they would just run off in random directions and hurt things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that was the thing, like, you know, I like you said, I'd be playing these, like, vanilla dwarfs or elves, you know, that everybody's seen before, and then Adam, like, puts down this doom wheel, and it looks <laughs> fancy and scary, and I'm like, what the heck? And he's like, yeah, and then it'll do, like, 2d6 damage on the charge, and then it'll do this and this, and I'm like, what? How is this possible? And then he's like, but... But it could crash and blow up and then shards go flying right. into all my own rats yes yep yep that was you know it was fun either way either you just you blew up your own army or you blew up the opponent's army it was never a boring game no <laughs> yeah and they're like i was saying they're so uniquely age of sigmar there's not really anything else out there that's exactly like them i think in other comparable games you think of like age of sigmar kind of mirroring the whole high tolkien fantasy D&D kind of stuff and there's not really an mm-hmm. uh, an equivalent group the right and i've noticed with Age of Sigmar they're they're trying to they're trying to do the high the high fantasy but move a little bit away to more of unique high fantasy cuz you yeah. have like for their dwarves they don't have just dwarves it, they do now with the new cities book but with the new armies they don't have just dwarves they have the fire dwarves or the mm-hmm. sky steampunk dwarves <laughs> right. yeah i heard someone uh, use the phrase arcane punk instead of like steampunk mm, arcane punk yeah yeah all their machines are powered by magic instead yeah, of you know so yeah what steam. would the rats be then just like warp cocaine punk <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's great. arcane addicts <laughs> yeah. well that's like how i was thinking about this that how are they different than the goblins and the goblins are kind of similar in that they, you know, they would explode on you, and there would be some crazy stuff that would happen. But the Skaven, it's not because they're unintelligent; they're geniuses that make these crazy machines. But it's when they get greedy that they right. It's yeah. it's Skaven are their own worst enemies, and they always have been. I feel like if anyone was ever to able to organize and coordinate and make all the Skaven get along at once, it would be the doom for just about every other race. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that let's swing into the the Skaven lore and story because I I love this book. Oh, I got my dog in the room. I don't know. Can you hear that? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> let me uh, fun. let me take just a second. You know, I can't think of anything better to eat a chicken wing in than a good quality T-shirt. Good quality T-shirt over my body. I don't even need a fucking napkin. I got sleeves, bitches. And you know where I go to get my t-shirts? I go to teespring.com. Those are the t-shirts that'll take care of your chicken wing addiction, even if you do keep it at one in your wallet. You know, just for prosperity. Go to teespring.com forward slash Orlando dash (laughs) two. Trevor, did you read all the lore in the Skaven Tide book? I've been through, I believe, most of it, if not all of it, at one point or another. Yeah, and I tend to pull it out and read bits and pieces every now and then. So what I thought was really fascinating is that it kind of sounds like they survived the old world. Right. Yeah. Um, and and it always they leave it a little vague, like they had with everything in Age of Sigmar when it comes to the old world and whatnot. But um, 
Yeah, it, it, if anyone if any one race would survive, it would be Skaven, though, in my opinion. Yeah, because they have their own realm. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, they do? Yeah. Yeah, they have their own miniature realm that mm-hmm. exists kind of like in the realm of chaos, but not really. And the knot holes, they can they can tunnel their way into any of the other realms and just show up wherever they want to. And they have like the Under Empire. I'm not sure if that's oh. what their realm is called, but they, that's kind of like their. They've all, that's always in the old world. That was just underneath all the, the land. They just had this sprawling, almost ant hive esque world, and and they were they were everywhere, but no one knew they were there. Yeah, they uh, this this sprawling underworld. Yeah, like in the old world, it was like a physical realm instead of it being like an alternate. In Age of Sigmar, it's this alternate realm, an area that's constantly having earthquakes, but they don't they don't move somewhere else. They just keep rebuilding in that same place that keeps having the earthquakes. <laughs> that's how that's how that's given. And I, I love some of the lore with the knotholes that they added to where they'll they'll tunnel into some realm every now and then and they'll they can even get into Azir, but every now and then they'll go, Oh, oops, we just tunneled into a molten volcano and now <laughs> lava's spilling through the knot hole. <laughs> yeah. Under under the ocean and the ocean just starts flowing in. Uh, uh I think that actually happened the ocean one I think happened. I want to say that was during the last big event, the Necroquake part. Yeah. Part of that happened there. And um, Did they I, run I into the Eidnith? The whole millions of, of all the, the hundreds of years of plans of Nagash were foiled by a couple of rats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so great. Uh, yeah, do you have a... Well, let me collect my thoughts for a second. Was there any story in particular that stood out to you? Um, honestly, specifically that that Necroquake one was probably the best one, recent one they've come up with for me, because you had this giant plan with Nagash, and he's he spent you know countless hours and and years and years planning this, and he he built a giant black pyramid, individual grain of sand at a time from the grave sands, <laughs> and that they described it as the, they had to have the skeletons go all the way to the very edge of Shayish to pick up one single gravesand and bring it all the way back to the center to build the, the uh, pyramid. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, you so can imagine how long that took. Yeah, eons. Right, and then towards the right towards the culmination of all of his plans going correctly and nothing was going to stop him. You had a few Skaven Nightrunners just running around in the temple just looking for something and I think if I remember right one of them pried a couple of gems off of a wall and that just kind of ruined the balance of everything and it all imploded on them. So we have them to thank for this, the Necroquake and all this crazy stuff that's happened since then. Well, we have them to thank for the world not completely ending. Oh, that's true, just too. Just getting endless <laughs> spells and lots of undead. Yes, all the malign sorcery. <laughs> yes. So cool. I know that um, Thankwell and Bone Ripper they survived from the old world. Right, they brought them in from the old world. Sadly, Queek did not. That was one I missed, but... <laughs> yeah, Queek Headtaker. And there yep. was the assassin guy, too. I can't remember who that was. Uh, yeah, I tipped my tongue on that one, but yeah, he he didn't make it either. Yeah, um, I think I think Queek is the only named one that I can remember that that made it. Because um, now they turned like the um, the old art now what is the Arch Warlock model now used to be the named character, and same with the uh, Master Assassin was the named character yeah. back then as well. Yeah. Oh well, still beautiful models. I'm so excited to have. Do you have? Um, Thankful and Bone Ripper? Yes, yes. In, in your collection? I use him, yeah, I use him every now and then. He's fun. He's a fun model. An amazing model, too. It's gorgeous. Do you have the book in front of you? I do. 
So, the uh, Thankful and Bone Ripper, they were like one of the end times models, I think, right? Yeah, that's right. Correct. Them yeah. and also the Storm Fiends. Okay. Were end times models yeah. as well. The, those end times produced a lot of really cool models. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I want to say the Vermin Lords were as well, but I'm trying to remember if they were or not. Before I think or you're right. I think because I remember when those came out and they were so dynamic compared to mm-hmm. what they used to be. Yeah. Like everything else. Like like now if you see the new Keepers of Secrets versus like right. the old Keeper and you're like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, what were they thinking? Yeah, um, yeah the, the old difference. of these little tiny things. They were they were about as tall as a dreadnought kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, same with Nagash, right? Nagash oh, was yeah. like you know a skeleton. <laughs> Basically, any yeah. old lich that you would see on any table to right. be now this like epic foot tall thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think uh, we're uh, weren't uh, Arcan and uh, Neferata and Manfred were yeah, they, they all end at the time? same time yes were they yeah, yeah. those and they also did the um, the Archeon uh, the, or Archeon the right ones. Mortex the Mortex guard oh yeah, yeah the Mortex well guard that's right. yeah the, I think uh, Archeon the, came after didn't he Morgast Morgast not Mortex guard those are the new ones Morgast, right the Morgast Archeon, Morgast Harbingers yep mm-hmm. yeah, yeah Archeon came a little after he was towards the end of end times <laughs> Yeah, but he was still in that that kind of like crazy four to six month period where everybody was like, "What? what? Yeah, what are we doing now? <laughs> <laughs> Let's release all these awesome models, and then the game goes away." Right. <laughs> it's like this is what happens when like I don't know. I'm just making something up now, but <laughs> this is like what happens when like you know like I don't know maybe like your parents go off the rails and you're like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" Like my parents are really cool, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa, no!" They're just like throwing their life away because they know the end time is coming or something, you know? And then it's like, "Why didn't you tell us? We were your children." <laughs> when the end times were going through, I was playing uh, Dark Elves. I was playing all Dark Elves, and then they had that amazing Elf United uh, book that came out mm. so you could play any faction of elves mm. and it was like they were all part of the same army all of a sudden so i was right. going crazy buying high elf stuff and wood elf stuff because i thought oh this is so <laughs> cool yeah and then the end times finished <laughs> and, <laughs> and then it was like, the end yep and then you know a few so months sad. later i'm selling my high elves i'm selling my wood elves <laughs> but i, I kept think everyone has gone through a period of selling some old fancy stuff when in the the uh it didn't look like it was going to go anywhere for a little bit. Yeah, it was it was a strange time. There were the end times and then the strange times. <laughs> the age of strange. <laughs> oh, I think that's something else. Don't oh. Google. Don't Google that. Okay. Don't Google that. <laughs> so, so uh, Skaven clans. What, uh, like, for somebody like me that, like, I show up to a table and someone's like, I'm playing Skaven. And it's like, oh, okay, so you got rats. And then you got more rats, and then you probably got shooty rats. And yeah, then... can you run us down? Yeah, sure. Um, so the ones they have fleshed out now. If you go by lore wise, there's more than the Skaven clans they have fleshed out in the book. Um, but obviously, well, there's like I think there's 13 total. I want to say just because number of the horned rat and everything. Yeah. Um, but you've got clan um, Molder, which is the kind of the rat ogre, like stitched together a bunch of Frankenstein rats together. Yeah. Um, mm. You've got Clan Pestilence, which is the Nurgle aligned one through all the sick rats, uh, bubonic plague and whatnot. Um, that's the one that has the giant plague furnace. And, so themey. Uh, right. And you have uh, Clan Scryer, 
which is the uh, crazy uh, scientist invention rats that make all the all the warp lightning technologies and tend to build themselves up very frequently along with everything <laughs> else around them. Um, and then you have um, Clan uh, Eshin, which is the ninja rats. They're the, the sneaky nice. ones, the ones that ruin all of Nagash's plans. Um, and then you have Verminous, which is kind of the military slash uh, clan rats, because clan rats are like the very basic, like every rat, every every clan has clan rats. Um, so yeah. Mo- Verminous kind of encompasses that, plus the more elite um, storm vermin and things like that. And they have the claw lords, the general guys. Yes, yes, they have the the claw lords. So they're they're the military mind of the Skaven. Hmm. And then I think there's that the... covers the ones in the book. And then, I guess you have the Gray Seers, which is kind of like their own thing. Yeah, the Master the... Clan are all the ones that can can lead any army and not ruin your your faction devotion right. for army for list building. Yeah, they they went with a weird um, uh, allegiance type of thing with Skaven instead of like one specific person unlocking different battle lines you have to have your entire um, list be of one type or another to unlock the different battle lines Un- the only exception being like you said the master clans can lead any of the other clans because they're kind of the scheming uh, masterminds behind everything all the graciers and um, most of the vermin lords or the vermin lord warp seer and I th- think the named one as well yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So you uh, played a tournament. Uh, we were we got to mm-hmm. watch you play. Uh, was that two weeks ago? Yes, yes. How'd you end up deciding on what you brought? Um, I'm gonna be honest. I was going to bring. So I have I have a bone reaper's army because I have too many armies and I have a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have I have a bone reaper's army and I was going to bring them. I had about ten more cavalry I had to build. And it was the night before, and I just was like, I really don't feel like building this Cadden Cavalry because they take a little while. They have a lot of pieces. And yeah. I had a couple – I had a Skaven list I hadn't tried out yet that – in a tournament at least that I wanted to give a shot. So I just was like, yeah, I'll bring Skaven today and have some fun with them. Yeah, I did have a lot of fun. That was, that you was did? a good tournament. All right, good. Yeah, because that game we watched where uh, you were playing against Chris, that that was – yeah, That was a nail-biter. Nail- yeah. The entire game was a nail-biter. And I, I – chalk it up to two things chris is a very good opponent and always has been and i made a big mistake uh on deployment and i made a mistake a little bit later on too um mostly revolving around the use of my um screaming bell it was places of arcane power i believe was the one um where only heroes in battle line can control and there's two different objectives i the only oh, hero uh, duality. I, had that was, yeah, I, I think it was duality of death, wasn't it? Was it? Duality yeah. of death. You're right. Yep. I think it was duality of death. Yes, because it, it separated the deployment zones. Right. Um, which that wasn't an issue for me. I had two pretty clear blocks that I could deploy in, but I needed to um, deploy my screaming bell a little further up so I could get through my clan rats to kind of sit that on the objective because that would have been much harder for him to kill than my um, clan rat groups were. So it, it was a close game. I think it ended up being couple points off of, of winning at the end there and he pulled it out because he killed enough of my stuff to ground my screaming bell so I couldn't move it anymore oh that it's such an interesting mechanic can you describe how it that is. screaming bell works as far as the movement so, the way it used to work like old fantasy you used to have to put it in a block of troops and they would push it so they hmm. tried to emulate that a little bit and with the numerals um, 
within within six inches, you have to have ten other models. Now this includes itself because um, it's a within, oh. so it's really nine other models. Otherwise, you're not allowed to move it at all, unless you teleport it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, and makes those troops a great target and that's yeah that's so much fun you just have to whittle them down to you know having only eight troops left around it and then boom it's not moving at all anymore yeah and i usually tend to keep what one of my 20 man or so clan rat units nearby just as some pushers but with the scenario um you had to have either battle line or heroes control so i kind of was throwing them up there to make sure i kept control of the scenario yeah and all of a sudden i look and go oh wait there's nobody left on my side to go push the bell. Oh, darn. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not the first time that's happened. It sounds like a pretty scaven thing to do, though. Like, all of a sudden, oh, they yeah. turn around, they're like, Oh, no, the bell! You forgot the bell! <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And did you uh, roll? remember to roll for the bell each turn? Did you get anything yep. good with the bell? No, I've, I've only I've ever once during a tournament actually summoned a uh, vermin lord from it which is a perfect 12 on a 2d6 yeah um, and it was at in the fifth round of the game so it didn't mean a whole lot <laughs> <laughs> oh. but i did get a few um mortal wound splashes which is nice against the opponent i was playing who was playing night haunt um and a few other good things first turn now i wish i would have had you know hindsight's 2020 first turn i ended up getting a extra movement speed and rolled a six on the d6 so i was speed 12 with the thing <laughs> so had, had I known that, I definitely would have deployed it further up so I'd make sure I could get it real far up the board early on. Yeah, it'd be nice to grab that objective with the bell instead just because of all the, the wounds it has. But yeah, Right, and additionally, and this is something that's a little bit counterintuitive, um, there's the lookout sir rule, which most are familiar with. If you have a hero within three inches of a friendly unit that has three or more models, then they have minus one hit versus range attacks. Skaven have lookout sir in melee, in addition to that, the Screaming Bell is not a, be, a is not a monster, right. so it does benefit from the Lookout Sir rule. So you That's wouldn't great. think something that big would have be able right. to jump out of the way, but I guess you have all the rats climbing up top of it and <laughs> taking the hits instead. Well, that, yeah. What a great ability mm. that uh, lead from the back. That's what that's called. We have the Lookout Sir in melee as well as in yes. shooting. That's so cool. Oh wow! Right. Yeah, that, yeah. That sucks. Uh, yeah. Scave it. See, I told you, they're broken. <laughs> Get it off the board. But Additionally, you... their heroes during melee, instead of choosing to swing, can retreat, which I did trick Chris a little bit with that at one point during the game. He had uh, he had one of my engineers engaged, and he was trying to decide which unit was th more threatening to him, so which he should swing on first. He was like, oh, I'll wait on the engineer. You know, the engineer doesn't do a lot of damage. I think he asked me how much damage he does. I'm like, the engineer doesn't do much damage. You'll be fine. <laughs> so he went for a different unit, and I'm like, okay, I activate my engineer. I run him away from combat. He was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but when I asked you, you didn't tell me what you were going to do. <laughs> See, that's He's the trick. you got to be like, so what are you going to do with him? next yeah, yeah. not like if he has bad you know big damage it's, it's, it's the scaven play <laughs> yeah uh, again wow like thinking about goblins and thinking about scaven the scaven are just so smart you know yeah <laughs> reckless yeah, but, but lot, smart a lot more backstabby yes. yeah yeah <laughs> 
uh, one of the great stories that's in the Skaven Tide book is where these uh, two groups of Skaven that don't like each other, I think it was a clan's Pestilent and a clan's Scryer, and they're teaming up on a group of orcs. And uh, they, they really don't like each other or trust each other, but the orcs are more dangerous, so they're going to team up on the orcs. And the uh, clan Scryer guy is the guy with the artillery, artillery, and he's up on top of this mountain looking down on the battle. And he decides, well, we'll just target everybody. <laughs> you know, because that works out <laughs> best for right. us. And so when he does target everybody, as soon as he starts opening fire, everything blows up on him because the other guy, <laughs> the clan pestilent guy, knew he was going to betray him. So he booby trapped all of their, <laughs> ah, all their weapons. Oh, nice. That's great. Yeah. See, they used to actually have kind of that rule in old fantasy where if something was in combat with your Skaven slaves, you were still allowed to shoot them, even though they were oh. still in combat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. It, it doesn't matter as much for Age of Sigmar since you can still do that with everything. Right. But right, you know, like why? Why is? I mean, so we we we've talked about Skaven. They're sneaky. Mm-hmm. They're smart. Yeah. They are reckless. Yes. Um, and they're backstabby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why did Nagash trust them? Well, uh, he. Why didn't... does Nagash trust all of these? Like he's, he. I feel like Nagash maybe isn't too smart. <laughs> yeah, I, that does seem to come up a lot. Where Nagash just doesn't seem like he. He either he just underestimates people. Yeah, because well, he I don't, thinks I don't he's think so smart. I think he necessarily trusted the Skaven. I think if I remember right, they actually like kind of now hold in. Yeah, they snuck, they snuck in, snuck in there because the, the despite them being rats, the um, clan Eshens. They've always portrayed them as very good at their jobs for being sneaky and and very good assassins. Um, they might kill each other later, but <laughs> they were able at least to sneak through all the undead hordes. And I think remembering the story correctly, I think he they were supposed to just look around and report back, but mm-hmm. once they got in there, they saw that there was treasure there, and they decided they weren't going to leave empty-handed. Uh, the old right. classic, like we should leave. Oh, but I just want to grab that one little jewel right off yep. the. Yeah, and that's what that's what did the whole thing, caused the necroquake. Nice. Yeah, it was nothing was on purpose for for this game as far as foiling his entire plot. And I believe even uh, if I can find the passage in the book, they claim it was totally on purpose. The Skaven do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, we totally meant to do that. So you have all these clans, you have all these like really dynamic units, I feel like. You've got shooting, you've got horde, you've got these like really powerful single monsters, you know? Yeah. Uh when you look at a cl- like a, a Skaven list, what do you do you do you kind of start with a clan and then kind of fill it out from there or do you start with like some models that you really want to see play together and then kind of build the clan around that? Or or how do you approach that? So it it depends on the mindset. So I I tend to have two different mindsets to build lists. There's the competition mindset and where you're just trying to do the best of the best. Then there's the kind of a, uh, let me build a fun list type of mindset. And if I'm of the mind and I go back and forth constantly because I just like playing my models. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if I'm going for the more of the fun list mindset, then yeah, I'll typically start with, all right, what clan do I want my majority of the list to be? Do I want this to be a Scryer-focused list, um, or do I want it to be all a Scryer list? I've done that before, too. Um, a couple of the clans are a little hard to fill out whole lists for, like Eshin's a bit hard to fill out an entire list for. There's not a whole lot mm-hmm. for them right now. Um, same with Molder. It's possible that Molder have done it, have 
bunch, lots and lots of giant rats, <laughs> um, and rat ogres and and, and, and uh, whatnot, and, like rat swarms. Yeah, the the, the rat swarms, rat ogres, um, hell pit abominations, and in fact, storm fiends are considered Mulder as well because they're like half Mulder, half Scryer creations. Um, yeah. So yeah, you, you can you can you can pick a clan, go that way, or. Um, on the competitive side of things, it's been a, a bit of a roller coaster since the book came out, just from various FAQs and nerfs and whatnot, and meta changes. Because before the book uh, came out, it was Clans Pestilin was hands down the like the tournament list. They're the ones you would <laughs> right. see. Right. Well, they they were the one that actually had a fully fleshed out book too. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was older. It was kind of like the old Bone Splitters book age, ish. I believe a little bit a little bit older than that. I believe. Yeah. Um, and it it definitely had the best tournament list you could do. It was a bit dull because all it was was uh, plague monks, uh, catapults, and the plague furnaces and priests. That's that's it. So yeah, it was it was about two hundred monks and a few uh, uh, plague furnaces, and you were done. And yeah, and but they the plague monks they could just put out so many attacks. With all and the they buffs. still do. Like they even after the they just nerfed them recently, but even after that they still put out a for their points value a massive amount of attacks. Yeah, I was going up against Ben. He was playing his Nurgle or I mean uh, his Skaven, and uh, he it was you know ran a big unit of the Plague Monks, and uh, I was playing Ko. He ran him into one of my gun haulers. Mm-hmm. Because I put my gun hauler at the flank there. Um, I did spend an ether gold to re-roll saves on the gun hauler. My saving grace was that the plague monks didn't do any rend, so uh, so it was still like a four-up save, but re-rolling. And uh, I think he put like sixty wounds into the gun hauler, or six. It was almost seventy wounds, (laughs) and I it just kept saving. I mean, but the re-rolls. You know the gun holder yeah. has eleven, ten or eleven wounds, and it lasted. I think it, I think it, it, it survived sixty of the wounds, and then yeah. it died. Oh. That's <laughs> Which, impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, it, I mean it's a great swap of points there. Like you know, yeah. I mean I'm, I'm sure that horde of plague monks was a little bit more expensive than my gun hauler, but it was still a nasty amount of attacks. Yeah, like it was seventy attacks or, or it was seventy some attacks. And and he barely missed any because it was like two to hit, three to wound maybe rerolling something and then yeah. something on the sixes to wound do extra damage or I I don't know maybe you know yeah it's uh, it's likely it was uh, threes and threes because um, uh, or if you did blades it, it could be twos and threes okay um, depending on what you did but yeah and every six to, the way they've redone it every six to wound wounds twice instead of once. Oh, okay. So you have to yeah. Save roll twice instead of two damage, two save rolls. Okay, got it. So yeah, it's like kind of exploding on the wounds. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was it was nasty. It was right, the way they the way they used to work, and they've I I like the way they've redone the scroll because it's much easier to do. Um, used to be like it, I believe it was about seven attacks per model. Wow. So you had about two hundred attacks for a unit of forty charging in, and say you got about. 30-ish in melee, which is not hard to do when they have a uh, two-inch reach on half of their weapons. <laughs> yeah. Um, now they're up to they're down to two attacks apiece, three if you charge. Uh, you can buff them to four 
with the furnace and five if you really really try <laughs> okay so what's the what's the is, is is the furnace like like you could build the bell or build the furnace yeah that's right correct okay yes. and it's kind of like that big cold swinging cauldron kind of right yeah it's is a that big what it is? Yeah, like sensor bearer okay yeah. And right, what's yeah, the big old plague sensor on it, and it rams in, into things. Okay, what what do you like better, the bell or the furnace? Model wise, I like the furnace. Comp- uh, competitive wise, the bell is a little bit of a better choice. Um, okay, the furnace is a bit expensive for what it does right now. But if you are running a plague monk pestilence focus list, and its furnace is hands down a very good choice. Yeah, you almost have to. What's the difference yes. between the two? Um, the so for one, the screaming bell has a gray seer on top of it, which makes it a wizard. Okay. Um, and then it, it you roll a two d six the screaming bell, and there's a chart of random effects that can happen. Whereas the plague furnace has a priest on top of it, and he has the, some priest prayers and, mm. and whatnot. Um, and then it this plague center itself does a lot of mortal wounds when it crashes into something. Gotcha. Both I, of them have an aura of um, automatic pass battle shock, which is very important to Skaven. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, that aura of passing battle shock is really helpful. Yeah, and I, I catch a lot of people off guard with it because I'll have like a twenty to forty rat unit of clan rats strung out, kind of in my front line against a lot of opponents, because uh, just to protect some of my squishier pieces in the back, and they'll start killing them off and killing them off, and you know it's it's very easy to kill clan rats and you know i'll have 15 die or or whatnot or 20 die and you to 40 and i just i tend to pull them from the sides and then all of a sudden now i'm wholly within that bubble of battleshock immunity yeah. nice yeah that's <laughs> no, a yeah. Strategy. Test. I'm like nope you killed enough i don't have to now <laughs> yeah yeah that's really nice it it really does help the unit stick around mm-hmm. yeah you have to yeah. have some answer to battle shock i can't imagine I, I hate taking battle shock tests yeah i hate because i you're all day you're like yeah roll a six roll a six like no, 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 roll a six <laughs> well just imagine <laughs> well, even it's, with it's, the storm fiends like how it, important they that, are especially oh, bad with them like, yeah you can lose one storm fiend and you can still fail a battle shock and have some run away because they're only they're only bravery six yeah yeah and there's no no rank bonuses for them so <laughs> Yeah, I, I do love those Storm Fiends. It would really suck to lose a bunch of them to mm-hmm. a Battle Shock test. The uh, Warplock Gisales is the same way, where they're uh, fairly low bravery and you lose a couple of them and you're like, oh no! Did yeah. you bring any Warplocks? Not this time. Um, I'm actually going to try a list out, don't tell Will, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I have some in there. I won't, but I, I definitely want to hear back from you how it goes. Do you know what I've, he's playing? I've used them before. Um I use them in uh, early on in the book. I would use them heavily. I would bring nine with some support for them, so they end up with uh, plus one to hit, rerolls to hit, rerolls to wound, mm-hmm. um, and then I you could kill most things you pointed at that way. <laughs> yeah. What's There's their range? Goal. It's really long. It's like thirty inches. Yeah. Aren't they like the yeah, sniper it, guys? Yeah. Yes. Yes. They're the snipers. They're range. The range thirty, and they have a mm-hmm. movement of six. So it, you get about a 36-inch range of just crazy. point at that and kill it. <laughs> and people um, like remember, to take the bridges with Skaven armies too, right? Yeah, particularly Clan Scryer armies. Okay. Yes. Um, they help the sales, but they really help the um, Storm Fiends. Because mm-hmm. half your weapons on the Storm Fiends are range 12, so they're pretty short range. And Storm Fiends aren't the fastest models either. Um, 
and they really they're they're kind of that jack of all trades unit that wants to be uh, close in. They want to shoot. They want to charge in. They want to punch the crap out of something and the shoot, go shoot again. Yeah, yeah. But anything that speeds them up the board is a boon. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, between the the bridges and the gnaw holes, you can definitely get them there. You brought the bridge uh, to the tournament recently, right? I did, and I did I did use it against Chris, and I I think I caught him off guard early on. Um, I remember him telling me after the game that he was a little a little scared after I annihilated two of his units just top of one from the with the uh, storm fiends after the bridge teleport. Oh yeah, I remember because you put him, you were able to get him right there next to the right mm-hmm. ne- there next to the objective. Yeah. Right, yeah, I put him next to the objective. Sadly, they couldn't control it on that scenario, but I, was, I got him close enough to shoot his front and kind of his back line at the same time. I had the um, – because the way I typically outfit uh, Storm Fiends is you have the uh, Rattling Guns, which are the short short range but very high number of shots and damage. Um and then you have the wind launchers, which are the really long-range ones. So you can kind of – at the very least, you'll be in range of the wind launchers most of the time because they're 24 inches Right. Uh, so I was able to kind of shoot his front front rank with the rattling cans and his back rank with the wind launchers at the same time. What about the warp fire throwers? Those are cool. Um, they lost a lot of their use when the new book came out because they, there used to be a battalion you could take to uh, sort of bring in your troops within three inches of the enemy. So you could bring in a bunch of storm fiends with warp fire throwers right next to somebody and then just go nuts with them. Um, now you have to choose uh, between, I believe it's uh, yeah, the wind launchers or the warp fire projectors. So the warp fire projectors are only eight inch range, so they're very short range. Uh, mm-hmm. They're great at clearing out hordes, and I could definitely see a use for them against like uh, bone reapers, mortec guard, and stuff like that. Anything with that needs mortal wounds to kill. Yeah, yeah, because you roll for the number of units in range, right, or the number of models in range. Is that how they worked? Yeah, it's it's number of models in range, um, and for every four up, the enemy model suffers a mortal wound. That's great. Yeah, they're very they're very potent. Um, and then you could alternatively though, you could also bring the little weapon teams that have the warp fire projectors on them as well. I love and those too, and they're cheap. There's like seventy points for one, I think. Yeah, Something they're not like bad, that. and they're. Uh, I think I find it a little bit better way if you want that tech in your list to bring that instead, um, because you can overcharge it and roll twice instead of just once. Uh, you might die, but no, right. that's even. <laughs> that's it's even <laughs> greed. Yeah, uh, I still have one of those left over from the Island of Blood kit, mm. uh, the warp fire yeah, thrower. I got, a, I got a couple of those. I bought specifically when the new book came out because those models are great style blood ones i was really sad to see the poison wind mortar uh get retired yeah i mean i suppose it's it's overall i guess it's for the best that they didn't have a way to make it separately i'm not i don't know why i'm not gonna pretend to know their manufacturing issues and whatnot but um yeah it was sad to to see that go yeah because i they did at one point do a re-release of the island of blood box Mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And so I yeah. expected them like to keep supporting those factions, but yeah, I guess that was it. That was the end of it. Right. But they yeah. make for good conversions at least. So they're good acolytes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got the one guy who's carrying the ball. I was thinking about doing the same thing. Uh-huh. So uh, what else did you bring two weeks ago? Um, so I brought storm fiends, which we were discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I brought the Screaming Bell, which is in a lot of ends up in a lot of my lists, uh, just for its uh, primarily for its anti battleshock tech, and then just having a wizard on there that's a good wizard. Um, Skaven spells are fantastic. Uh, specifically, it usually ends up being Death Frenzy, uh, which I brought. So that plus the Plague Monks together is a very potent combo because it makes it so every time one of the monks dies, they get to pile in and attack. Doesn't matter what phase, uh, doesn't matter mm-hmm. how they die. So I, I've had I had a moment um, early on in this given book where uh, Terrorgeist, I believe it was, got close to me, was was ready for the charge, uh, screamed at my Plague Monks, which is horrible for me because they always, because their bravery is so low, they die really easily from that Terrorgeist scream. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was close enough. I was able to be close enough to pile in with a decent number of them to the Terrorgeist, since they had uh, staves, and I ended up killing it before they were able to charge me <laughs> during the shooting phase, during his shooting phase. That is such a great mechanic. That's it so is, cool. and it's a lot of fun too. Um, so yeah, I brought I brought plague monks, storm fiends, uh, the requisite clan rats because any any almost every scaven list is going to bring some clan rats. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unless I mean, yeah. Unless you're trying to do a, a clan specific list, because I right. Unless unless you're going just one specific clan that's not verminous. Yeah, I I really want to try and put together a clan scryer list, but I just mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really want to. If I'm doing that, if I'm doing a Skaven list at all, I want to bring the screaming bell because I just love the screaming bell. So yes. th- then your gray your gracier would have to be the general because he's master clan. It's yeah, doable. even with Clan Scryer lists, I find they tend to work best if you just have Clan Rats at your battle line and everything else Clan Scryer. Yeah. Then at least you have that cheap screen, those those twenty model units that you can put in front of your squishy Scryer technology. Yeah. Got. Do you ever run Storm Vermin? Yes. Um. I have. I have run Storm Vermin some. Um. They're they're a bit overcosted for what they do, but. Mm-hmm. Given the right amount of buffs, they can clear out quite a bit, and they're one of my favorite models for Skaven as well. Yeah, they're so cool because they they they're the smart, disciplined right. Skaven. They're the, they're the ones that do like okay, we we train for war. That's what we do. We don't do crazy weapons. We we're not sneaking <laughs> we, around we, all the We know how to march in ranks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot of fun. Um, they're they're kind of the elite troops if Skaven has any. Um, that aren't like a clan scryer tech type thing, um, and they can do a lot of damage. I think their their only downfall is their their cost currently. And if I think if that was brought down, you'd find them a lot more in competitive lists. But um, they're definitely good enough to to run in in most casual lists. Yeah, I think uh, the claw lord has something that he gives them too, right? Where he uh, he can still have a command ability. That's just. Um... The benefit of verminous in general. So any verminous hero that you have in the list automatically gets a command ability, whether or not he is or not the general. That um, that also extends to the vermin lord as well. Well, that's cool. Did you bring any uh, smaller war machines? Um, no, not not in that list. It wasn't wasn't much room after you put in the uh, storm fiends and plague monks and and screaming bell. It takes up most of your points. Um, but I I have done uh, Doom Wheels quite a bit. Those are a lot of fun. Um, I think my only regret with Doom Wheels is they are behemoths, so I can't run like eight of them. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. The Doom Wheels are amazing. You had the help in Abomination too, right? 
Yes, I did have the Hellpit as the uh, other behemoth. Um, and those are they're very, very deadly. Very easy to kill, but you do have that small chance that it comes back to life. Yeah, um, that's so neat. I, yeah, I had him go and belly flop into some ghosts and kill them all during our my game with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, and it's such a just amazing, cre- like crazy model. All those yeah, like, stitched it, it, together. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun too, and it's 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 part of that randomness is given because its movement characteristic is always random as two d six. Um, so you could have those turns where it's just plodding along, and the turns where it just screams <laughs> up the board and goes and kills something. Yeah, I can't imagine like, oh, here's my easy charge, but no, I only rolled snake eyes on my movement this turn. <laughs> well, what I did the game before Chris, and kind of to ensure that I would get some use out of it, I ended up setting it through a knot hole into the back of the enemy's territory on his in his deployment zone. So it was kind of in the corner. So I was like, all right, so you have two choices: come to me to try to take my objectives, or turn around and deal with the giant abomination in your back line. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about the gnaw holes. How do those work? Uh, so th- those are very interesting, and, I, and there's a lot of tricks you can pull with them with Skaven. Um, so you before the game starts, you depl- after sides have been chosen, uh, you have three of these to deploy, and they have to be wholly within eight inches of the board edge, um, and then so far away from other terrain and objectives and, and whatnot, like usual. Um, if you so for one, this is the easiest bonus I find to get out of it. They count as arcane for you and deadly for the opponent. Deadly doesn't come up too much, but arcane every single game is fantastic. It's basically early game when you haven't moved up the board yet. All your wizards, as long as you deploy them correctly, are getting plus one to cast, and that's huge. Yeah. Um, on top of that, you have really easy access to another plus one to cast with Master of Magic, as long as you have a general who is a master clan. Mm-hmm. Um, but the west, the red, the other bonus of the Nahols is if you are have a unit wholly within six inches of a Nahol, and a hero nearby that Nahol as well, you can send the unit through the Nahol and out of another one, as long as you end up wholly within six of the other Nahol and nine inches away from the enemy. So it makes you very unpredictable depending on how you deploy them, mm-hmm. and it kind of I've had games where I've essentially taken a unit. Uh, the, the opponent's unit out of the game on turn one because he had to babysit the knothole to make sure I didn't come through it. Yeah. Oh, what a great tool for control. It's it's very Skaven too. It's it's <laughs> it's a it's a little little chaotic, a little unpredictable, um, and it it works really well with a lot of the tools in the army, especially like storm fiends. You can send through a knothole instead of using the bridge, so they don't know you know are you going to use the bridge and go forward on this side of the board or you use the knot hole or go to the other complete other side of the board oh that's great yeah yeah you can go anywhere at any time yeah that's really cool i like that yeah and, and most of the games even i don't even i would say um, probably more times than not i don't even necessarily go through them but the threat is always there and that's yeah. that's the important thing too is the opponent having to dedicate resources to nullify that threat or or change the way they play yeah and that's a great like it that's just such a great mechanic in the game for different armies is that that one thing that threatens somebody that may not even really be doing that much damage but it's like the threat of yeah of stop of of of, of keeping you from doing something you know like the gnaw right. holes that- like jumping out and just sniping something in mm-hmm. the back yeah 
or you know like the scuttle tide coming down and getting one of your heroes you know and then taking them <laughs> oh, off and you're like tide. <laughs> right yeah and you can you can totally manipulate the other person in, in the real world in a very scavenish way and just saying yeah i'm putting this knot hole over here so i can come out behind you later on in the game right and, and yeah, then yeah. like they <laughs> have to like, that. yeah if they walk away and you do that you're like i told you i was gonna do that yeah <laughs> right and then if they and then if you never do it but they've always like dedicated a unit to yep. keep you from coming out of it then it's like great that cost me nothing and it cost you 150 points or you know whatever it was right yeah yeah you to babysit chopped off a big portion of their army that's so cool yeah yeah even if it's just some ghouls and fleshy course that's something that could have been controlling a scenario and that's just one less unit you have to deal with yeah and uh, i mean i've 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 done things where like i'll go over and i measure on the null hole what are you doing i'm just measuring to see if i can fit a unit over here <laughs> that's great <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just just randomly just stop what you're doing and measure something. Just yep. some random distance. <laughs> yeah, that that that's the the meta gaming. Yep. that you get to play with your and opponent. And if you just if you just take thought away from what they're doing, then they've like they've second guessed themselves. Yeah. What and are they, you doing? Oh, wait, what are you, what? what's hmm. he measuring over there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then occasionally you you get to pull those awesome plays where you pull something out of a knot hole and it just in, is in the perfect spot. Or um, uh, one one of the biggest tricks you can do with them as well, and this it takes like a grace here to do it, um, or the Eshin Vermin Lord. You can use Skitter Leap, which is an ability that allows you to take one of your heroes and teleport across the battlefield. Uh, Skitter Leap near one of your knot holes, cast a spell, um, preferably Warp Lightning Vortex, <laughs> just yeah. shove it in the middle of the enemy's army, and then <laughs> during your movement taste, just 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 take that knot hole back to your army and back to safety. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, just a little little snipe, a little ninja action. <laughs> yeah, there was a list going around for a little while, and it's it's not as popular as it used to be because they've had a lot of incremental point increases where you'd bring f- uh, four vermin lords, three or four vermin lords, and a lot of the, a lot of the um, the play revolved around doing that. Is going forward, casting some spells, coming back. So, is is the Skaven army typically a low drop army or a high drop army? It's definitely in the high drops because, uh, sadly, most of the battalions, unless you're going completely clean pestilence, are not worth bringing most of the time. Yeah. Um, they've improved the scryer ones a bit, so they're not as bad as they used to be. But they were when the book came out, they were very, very expensive to bring. Um, so typically, you don't really have any battalions. So. And that's because uh, I really want to run clan scryer. The scryer war scroll battalions have this like weird groupings. Well, there's the yeah, one with the doom wheel. You have to bring two of them, and then you have to bring the main overall one. Which you do end up being a one-drop army, which is really nice. Um, but it's costly. You know, it costs you three hundred some odd points at least. Yeah, yeah, it's that's that's a lot of points to dump into war scroll battalions. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, if I remember correctly, they don't each count as a battalion they, you only actually get the one overall battalion so you don't get to have two extra artifacts you get one extra artifact you don't get two extra command points you get one mm, yeah. which I, I, I think changing that would help them a lot yeah that would be nice to get uh, something there maybe maybe GHB is only uh, General's Handbook 2020 is only a couple months away maybe we'll get some love for the for this Gaven around that time well, we'll see so far it's been 
only nerfs, <laughs> except for <laughs> Dor Vermin got a like a fifty point decrease. I think it was at one point for a full unit. But <laughs> and to be fair, uh, Skaven did come out of the gate pretty powerful, so they deserve some of those some of those reigning in. So the Vermin Lord is he somebody you can take, or is he somebody you can summon? Both. Or she. I mean, summoning is not so summoning him is very unreliable. It's like okay. um, you have to roll a twelve on two d six on a screaming bell, okay. and you only get to roll that once per turn. Okay. Um, so it has I to be at the start, this, right? Yeah, start of the turn. Um, mm-hmm. Every during your start of your hero phase, I did bring a list once or twice, and this was really fun. I brought three screaming bells, so I get three chances per turn huh. to do it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it. I was playing a game against Will, and it, it went off top of one. I summoned a Vermin Lord Corruptor in front of his army, uh, plagued half of his demonets off the board, charged and killed the other half, and that was a fun game. Nice. <laughs> That's and it. no depravity. <laughs> right, right. For any of it. So, yeah. <laughs> Take that. Take that, William. <laughs> Granted, he's, I, I can't remember. He might have still won that game because Slanesh is stupid. But, but it, it felt like a win. It definitely did. I, I never never had that happen before again. But, yeah, you could take them normally, and there's a, a bunch of different flavors of them, um, including a named one that kind of has a little bit of every ability mm-hmm. that you can choose from. So you, you, summon, you summon the Vermin Lord. You can put him anywhere on the board nine inches away? Uh, no, it's 26, holding within 26 inches of the bell, nine inches away okay. from the opponent. However, this happens during the hero phase, and you're still allowed to move. That's cool. With him. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they're like moving 12. So okay, yeah. You're, you're, you're going to end up in something's face if that goes off. Oh, yeah. That's just cool. like, do they just like come up out of the ground? Like, what's the, like, what's the... It's or do, like is a, it like they some like like they just kind of appear, or is it just like all of a sudden you see this just giant rat just crash up out of the <laughs> ground and like? I imagine it probably depends on which one you summon. Okay. Uh, since they all kind of have their own flavor, and it's it's you know it's a screaming bell kind of of hitting its its maximum you know cacophonous uh, sounding and right. I imagine it probably depends on which one you have. Like if you summon the deceiver, he probably appears in a puff of ninja smoke nice. <laughs> in front of your opponent. <laughs> right. Uh, the corruptor probably kind of crawls out from the ground like a zombie almost. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Is there anything you're working on, Skaven wise, right now? Um, just trying out some different different builds. Um, I wasn't 100% satisfied with the list I ran um, two weeks ago, so I'm changing it up a little bit, trying a few different things, and it's it's been a very interesting roller coaster with Skaven and Skaven lists and building them just because you had this, the beginning where certain things worked one way and they've changed. It's the book has changed pretty dramatically over the course of just after its release more so than most other books. I feel like that have come out um, just because they've had nerfs to this nerf to that a little bit of buff to here. And then just and then things just change a lot. So it's been a lot of experimentation and, and, um, I think these days it's a lot of uh, storm storm beans. <laughs> yeah, they seem to be a lot like in Skaven lists right now. I mean, they're great models. They're great models, and they're yeah. I'm very happy versatile. about being able to use them. Yeah, and, and who doesn't like to shoot? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, Shooting's they're, fun. They're really cool. Yeah, being able to just 
yeah, they, I really like the Storm Fiends. Definitely want to build a list just around them to keep them on the table. Like, just support them and move them around. They're so much fun. Yeah. Right, yeah. Most most of my lists kind of right now start there, and then I, I tend to either add a Bell or a Vermin Lord Warpseer, and those are kind of my bravery helpers. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Warpseer right now just because that would have helped very much with that uh, second game scenario with mm-hmm. the uh, hero controlling you don't have to, um, you, you can leave him by himself and he can still move yeah and he can be you can build him absurdly huh. tanky um by himself he's a four up save that he can reroll all his save rolls um and then he has a five up save after that a feel no pain and then you can give him an artifact to give him another five up and if you want to oh, go wow. even further you can give him a warlord trait to shunt wounds onto rats as well. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So you just need to keep enough rats near them to absorb those wounds. Yeah, I typically I find that's overkill. Usually the four up, four up, five up, five up is enough. <laughs> huh. um, so he, he typically takes way more points than he's worth to kill most of the time. That's cool. Yeah, another one. It's just a great model. I. Uh... It is. Fantastic model. Yeah, I convert all of my uh, Skaven to be uh, theme park themed. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I really want to do a, a a battle board, like a display board that's like they're all on a parade. Oh, like nice! They're, yeah, they're... <laughs> <laughs> like that end of the day parade, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's the three o'clock parade. I'll break them out. Maybe I'll. I'll you could some. theme you it your, whatever uh, time of year. Wheels be little Ferris yeah. wheels. Yeah. Yeah. With like lights, little LEDs around them. Yeah, like the warp lightning cannons, <laughs> yeah. uh, parade float. Kind of like it's electrified. <laughs> a yeah, bit. yeah. Like the electrified oh, parade. Oh man, I want to put some LEDs in there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. I've done some LEDs on models before, not on Skaven yet, but that would be cool. Yeah, they 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 seem like they're begging for it. Yeah, I, you know, I've, and that's funny because I don't think I've I've seen some display boards with LEDs, but I'm not sure that I've seen like a Scryer army full of LEDs, which look really mm. awesome. Bunch of yeah. green LED or something. Oh, so cool. It's all so much cool stuff in there. Well, uh, any uh, last words you'd like to say uh, to uh, anybody that might be listening? Play Skaven. They're really fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Lots lots of things you can do. And um, one thing is the Stark Lightings are a nice place to, to go with it because Plague Monks are almost always going to be useful in some way, fashion, form or fashion. Isn't there um, a new one too? Were they, I know there's a new wave of Star Collecting books coming out right now. Were, did the Skaven get some love in there? I don't think so, because they had, they had that double box kit, but that was like a one-time run. Yeah. Um, that was really good if you could get a hold of that. Uh, thankfully, the Bombardier is finally out, the model. So you can, go, you can get oh, that Oh, yeah, you can now. get them individually. Yeah, and, and convert your Acolytes, unless you want to pay $10 a model. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's so weird that they're, you can only buy them singly. But. Yeah, I ended up taking a bunch of um, Plague Monks, and then I bought some Caradron Overlord pistols, um, oh, which cool. I stole this idea from Zach over here. Which um, and Space Force use Zach. Those, yeah, I used those for the arms, and I got some backpacks to put on them. Um, a bunch of different options for that. Skitari ones are nice, and there's a few third-party ones that are good-looking. I was thinking if I was going to do Acolytes, I would get the, uh, the Blood Bowl Skaven kit. And, yes, uh, just those work really balls. well. Yeah, yeah. If, just, you can, if you can green stuff some globes really well, yeah, those look fantastic. 
Mm. Yeah, I think that's the way I, I would go. If I was going to go exclusively Scryer, I need the Acolytes to be Battleline. And, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew has a really nice Skaven army. Yeah. And yes, he's got like a block of acolytes. The guys holding the green balls or just yeah. hold the balls. Yeah. yeah. They look really good. He has the good. old ones. Yeah. He has the, the, the old expensive ones. I mean, they look fantastic the way he painted them up. Yeah. That's cool. Maybe we'll get a, we'll get him to post some, you know, send them some pictures that we could show off his acolytes. <laughs> yeah. I think his is the best painted Skaven army around here. For yeah. sure. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, Trevor, thank you very much for coming on the show and talking to us. Yep, no problem. Anytime. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. I I know in the area, I mean, you know, within Space Force, uh, which I think Space Force is probably like probably one of the best gaming groups in the oh, country yeah, at least. And so, of course. We are definitely the best. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for, yeah, for those that don't know, if this is the first show you've listened to, Space Force is the nickname for our local gaming meta, or the, this uh, group of gamers here in central florida and like like you were saying uh yeah the best in the world yeah and i think trevor is is probably one of the most knowledgeable about all these different armies and so that, that just probably buy too much that's all hey but you know it, it comes with the perks you know you just know about all this stuff so i mean because i think yeah, you've I, got like i love just theory crafting and just reading the books when they come out and whatnot. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Which is such a great part of this game. I think list building is so much fun. Yeah. Just sitting there theorizing like what could be good in this situation or that situation. And, uh, anyway, so I love seeing your armies on the table. I love seeing all the different types of lists and armies that you bring. Cause I think you have like, you probably have like 15 armies maybe or something. I don't know. Not, not quite 15. Okay. I don't think I'm double digits yet, but it's, it's, I'm sure it will be one day. Yeah. Uh, I know Will has me beat on number of armies. I think he has a lot of speed. On by the time the podcast goes live, maybe you'll be double digits by then. No. Uh, well, we're, I'm working on Seraphon, but I already had it oh, before really? the new book came out. So I'm, I'm, I'm more just getting a few extra things that the book uh, kind of brought to light now so that's that's gonna be a very interesting book I, I think they have a lot of potential yeah i hear only good things it sounds like they got some much deserved love yeah yeah it was, it was a very interesting roller coaster kind of like the day that most of the stuff was spoiled because it kind of it came out in trickles and kind of the bad stuff came first so everybody was whoa you know doom is me for a little <laughs> while there and then they saw the good stuff and they're like whoa <laughs> okay, never mind there you go well played yeah, that was clever on their part. To, uh, bad yeah. news. You want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> Here's the bad news. All right. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. And hopefully we'll get a game in soon. What What would the Skaven say when they go to war if they happen to be an orc? Right. If they want to be. <laughs> <laughs> war! This has been an episode of Warlando. Uh, if you are a fan of the show and you're enjoying it, please like and subscribe. If you're not a fan and you're listening, why not just like and subscribe anyway? You can always change your mind later. If you want to buy a t-shirt, we have t-shirts on teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Warlando dash two. You can support us on Ko-Fi uh, by donating some money to the show if you want to do that. And we also have dice for sale. If you want to email us at warlando77 at gmail.com drop us a line and we'll send you some dice for in exchange for currency yes of course yeah any any last words you want to throw out there nicholas hey check out our youtube channel 
you're going to find some battle reports. You're going fi- to find some some live battle report replays. Some yeah. great new painting uh, videos by short, uh, short Adam. But sweet, little... Short but sweet, but nice. Yeah, a little battle-ready painting you can see. It's my hobby, my hobby blog. Yeah. Blog. yeah. So head over to YouTube and uh, check out our videos. And, uh, yeah, and if you want to reach us on Instagram... It's uh, Orlando Nick, uh, Orlando Mark, and Orlando Adam. Orlando Adam. Yeah. And uh, on Twitter as well. Same yes. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thanks a lot for listening.